You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Is the Texans season really over? In today's show, we ask our NFL expert and fantasy guru, Andy Rio, about flipping the odds in a weak AFC. Is it possible? Andy also breaks down his top five games of the week and tells us who to hire and fire on our fantasy teams, plus some wonderful news regarding the health of one of last year's Texans starters. Welcome aboard, everybody. I'm Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast. My co-host, Brian Patterson, is off for this one. Thanks for diving into Locked On Texans, your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. The big news of the day for the Texans, Andre House cancer is in remission. Hallelujah for that. And not only is his cancer in remission, Bill O'Brien and Andre are leaving open the option that he could play again this year. I could not be happier for Andre. He's one of my faves in the locker room for sure. And he said Rick Smith's wife, Tiffany, who went through all this herself, uh, cancer as well, was a huge help with some natural cancer remedies. He used natural remedies and avoided chemo. One of the reasons he didn't want to do chemo because he saw what it did to David Quesenberry, who he said he also spoke to in this process. So in a season of bad news so far, the Texans get some joyous news. Well, hey, it's that time of the week where we hear Fantasy Takes and NFL Insight from Andy Rio. He brings his two decades of experience writing for fantasy publications and websites. You'll also find his weekly article on our website, LockedOnTexans.com, a companion piece. Andy, can you believe the Texans are staring at fourth from last in the ESPN Power Rankings after just three weeks? Is there an NFL team that says that has surprised you more either for the good or for the bad? Well, the Texans have certainly surprised me for the bad. I uh, did not figure them to be 3-0 and at this point going into the season, but I sure didn't figure on them being 0-3. On the opposite side of the equation, uh, I definitely was not planning on Miami being 3-0. and Yeah, we might get into Miami a little bit later. That's a preview. But what do you think of the AFC from a big picture? Because the odds say there's no way the Texans could get into the playoffs after this, an 0-3 start. But just out of curiosity, does 9-7 and make the playoffs in the AFC? How are you seeing things kind of unveiling themselves right now early on? Right now, I would say 10 and 6 is probably needed um, because uh, pretty much throughout the AFC, I think overall the divisions are stronger than they were in previous seasons, especially last year. I think Baltimore and Cincinnati are capable of giving Pittsburgh all they can handle. I think that Tennessee's last couple of wins have been very impressive under the circumstances. They can certainly give Jacksonville a battle, as they just showed last weekend. The Chiefs probably will have no problems winning the West, but the Chargers and Denver are respectable. And, of course, we've got Miami that's actually uh, been respectable unexpectedly in the AFC East. Yeah, I'll see if some of these teams can keep it up. We know early in the season, that first month, there can be some weird things can happen. Then sometimes it just sort of uh, changes over back to where we thought things would be. But let's look at the Texans versus the Colts this upcoming Sunday. What are you looking at from a game perspective and a fantasy perspective? I think from the Texans' perspective, it's going to be another case of the beat goes on. Um, 
there's not really a lot to analyze with DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. They remain uh, top fantasy assets for your squad. Uh, Fuller has been a great value. Uh, Hopkins has had you know a couple of games where yardage has been his uh, main claim to fame. He he just has one touchdown so far, but you know that total is going to increase. Uh, I'd like to see some better decision-making from Deshaun Watson at times, as I'm sure many Texans fans would, but he's still delivering the numbers fantasy-wise. Uh, Lamar Miller is hanging in there as an option, uh, although it would have been a complete disaster uh, last week for fantasy owners had he not caught that late touchdown pass in garbage time. Uh, the Texans' defense, we keep thinking they're going to get back on track after these uh, three debacles so far. I, you could certainly make a case for dropping them. The only thing that I would consider in terms of keeping them around, they do have the Cowboys, Bills, and Jaguars after the game against the Colts. So they've got the shot to turn it around and maybe put some good fantasy days together. But they've also been very frustrating so far. This was supposed to be one of the better defenses in fantasy, and they've been anything but. What about Andrew Luck? What's your thoughts on him fantasy-wise, just player-wise right now? Uh, does it look like the old guy, or is this, you know, you feel like he's still trying to get his feet? I think to a degree he certainly is still trying to get his feet. As I mentioned in the article, and many may have seen in the highlights, when the Colts needed to try a Hail Mary on the last play of the game in Philadelphia, they pulled luck for Jacoby Brissett to throw the Hail Mary. I hadn't seen that in the NFL since Steve Spurrier's brief run with the Redskins, and he was, of course, trying to you know, uh, proved to everybody that Shane Matthews and Danny Werfel were elite NFL quarterbacks. Obviously, that did not work out very well. And there was a Thanksgiving Day loss they had to the Cowboys where Spurrier, I forget if it was Werfel or Matthews that was playing, but he pulled whichever one it was out to have Patrick Ramsey come in to throw the Hail Mary. That doesn't happen very often where you have to go to the bullpen to have somebody else throw a Hail Mary. But Luck, I think, has overall been decent. And and his arm strength probably will get better as the season goes on. He just doesn't have an elite supporting cast. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is really the only other player that you can count on from a fantasy perspective. I think Luck will be decent this week, of course, because the Texans have, to this point, not really been able to stop anybody in the passing game outside of the Titans. And that's a pretty unique situation at this point. Are the Texans going to keep swirling around the toilet bowl? Do you think they finally get this one? They have a shot at winning this one. Um, you know, uh, probably 50, 50, maybe at best. I would say that if I had to pick some opportunities for them to get wins, it's probably going to be in those games against the Cowboys and the bills. Obviously Buffalo shocked the world on Sunday but I don't see that becoming a recurring theme. Every week you write about the top five games in the NFL, and I got to ask you about those in a bit. But first, just want to tell the listeners about two new shows on the Lockdown Network, Lockdown Fantasy Football 24-7. Gives you the latest news, waiver suggestions, injury news. We've also got Lockdown Fantasy Football loaded with amazing guests. Monday, it's Tom Kessinich. Tuesday's Eric Edholm. Wednesday's Jeff Ratliff and Tyler Lochner. Check out our two Locked on fantasy football shows. Don't forget also that the Colts, so far they're favored by two, I believe, over the Texans. So if you think you can make some money off the Texans or you'd like to put a buck on some games this week, go to mybookie.ag. You know that's the place to go. Remember who you're betting on. It's just as important as who you're betting with. They've been in the business for years, have great reviews, 
and their mobile site is easy to use, I can only recommend a service that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting over-unders on fantasy points scored the most rewarding player perks in the biz. My bookie is slammed with new betters and wants to give you the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. Central, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget, the promo code's LOCKEDON when you want to create your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. If you wait till 6 p.m., you get an extra $25 free play by using the promo code LOCKEDON25. That's LOCKEDON25. Remember that 25 at the end for an extra $25. Go ahead and wait till after dinner. Take the extra money. That's the way to go. My bookie, you win. You play, you win. You get paid. Okay, Andy, every week uh, we get your take on the the take. It's called the take five. It's the best games of the week. The Vikings play the Rams in the Thursday night game. You like this one. Somehow the Bills were below the Texans in the ESPN power rankings, even though they beat the Vikings Sunday. Don't know how that happened, but uh, can the Vikings bounce back, Andy? Can they do it? I think they have a shot. Uh, Certainly they're uh, going to be uh, ready for this game. They clearly were not ready to play the Bills last weekend. Uh, I think the biggest storyline in this game is, involves the injuries to uh, Los Angeles's high price acquisitions at cornerback Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib. There's a chance Peters will play, but Tlaib has been placed on injured reserve. That definitely gives the Vikings a much better chance of hanging with the Rams in this one. Uh, certainly, uh, Minnesota's defense is going to be the biggest test uh, that the Rams have faced so far to this point. They've pretty much been obliterating everybody on offense. Uh, They've got three startable fantasy receivers in Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Brandon Cooks. Todd Gurley, of course, has been uh, phenomenal. And uh, Jared Goff just keeps getting better. Uh, I think, you know, some of the Vikings, obviously, Stephon Diggs had a terrible game against the Bills. Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph were better. Uh, You can certainly give those guys, especially Diggs, uh, mainly Diggs himself, a mulligan for last week's showing uh, I, I think it could be a pretty high scoring entertaining game uh, the key is going to be the Vikings are going to have to find some way to slow the pass rush of the Rams if they can then uh, you know those receivers have a great chance to make some plays yeah with the Rams corners banged up and uh, Cousins trying to bounce back you, do you feel like he, he's going to figure out a way to take advantage of that, even with uh, the Rams' defensive line and maybe the Vikings' off- offensive line is not the greatest in the world? I think they will find a way, yes. I, I definitely think we're going to see a much better Vikings squad. No guarantee they win the game, of course. That's a tough test to go out to the West Coast on a short week. But if that if that is not a wake-up call, what happened to the Bills, I don't know if that team would know how to answer a wake-up call. Yeah, in college, they call that the old trap game, as that's what it looked like uh, for most of us. But if Case Keenum uh, can't get going against the Chiefs' defense this week, because that's your next game, uh, Chiefs and Broncos, maybe the Broncos, uh, maybe they're a little bit of a pretender instead of a contender, because even though Denver's 2-1, and one, Keenum, three touchdowns, and five interceptions, he's not looked too good so far. What do you think? 
No, he hasn't, uh, but he could certainly be somebody you could uh, turn to as a streamer this week, uh, given how putrid Kansas City's defense has been. Um, I like the guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas in this one for Denver. We'll see if uh, Philip Lindsay can get back on track. The impressive rookie had been thrown out of the game that Denver lost on Sunday in Baltimore. This definitely is, in many ways, a potential statement game for the Broncos. If they become the first team to beat the Chiefs, who have just been absolutely phenomenal so far, and we were talking earlier about, of course, the AFC, they definitely look like the favorite in the AFC to this point, uh, even though their defense has been uh, generally underwhelming. Yeah, Mahomes, they, they need to figure out a way to stop him. I don't know how you do that, but... At some point, you figure, Andy, like law of averages. Doesn't Mahomes have to like slow down just a little bit? <laughs> you know, it's, it's been crazy. Well, as I wrote in the article, I mean, this will probably be the biggest test Mahomes has had so far this season. But the real test, uh, Kansas City's playing at Jacksonville in week five. And that if he dominates Denver like he's been dominating the rest of the NFL, then that becomes an extremely fascinating game because you're talking about arguably the best defense in football in the Jaguars. The Patriots have won a ga- haven't haven't won a game I should say since the Texans in week 1. Uh that's what I'm talking about. The next game on our list is this uh Patriots game against the Dolphins and usually when we panic about the Patriots early in the season, it's a mistake. Now they play the Dolphins who have been the anti-Texans as we talked about earlier. They're just kind of shocking the NFL, but in the other direction, does order come back to the universe, Andy? It, it feels like this could be one of those games where you go, ah, oh, there, there are the Patriots again, and there are the Dolphins again. I think there is a decent chance of that happening. Uh, I think the Patriots, you know, probably have underachieved slightly so far. This isn't the first time they've done that in recent years where they've had a bit of a slow start. Everybody, of course, recalls the famous we're on to Cincinnati speech from Bill Belichick. The Dolphins have beaten the Titans, which now looks better in hindsight, but they've also beaten the Raiders and the Jets, and I don't see those two teams uh, contending for playoff berths uh, down the stretch this year. Uh, With a game being in Foxborough, yeah, I think the Patriots will get it turned around this week, and this is a game they really need to get it turned around because if they can get this one, then they're going to start to get some reinforcements back. You have to figure Josh Gordon will start getting more involved And they'll get Julian Edelman back in week five. He's been sitting out the first four games of this year with a suspension. There hasn't been much for Brady outside of Gronk and Chris Hogan, who has been a bit of a disappointment to fantasy owners so far. But you add in Gordon, you add in Edelman, you've got James White, solid receiver out of the backfield. The rookie running back, Sony Michelle, should continue to grow, especially with Rex Burkhead now on injured reserve. So this is maybe going to be the coming out party for the Patriots in 2018. If it's not, uh, we have a real story on our hands. What about the fantasy surprises for Miami? Because I, I would have to think with what they're doing, that there's got to be some some guys that are surprising you right now. Not really. Um, you know, at least in terms of guys that I think are going to be long-term assets, uh, Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson had huge games against the Raiders but it was they had they just simply made the most of limited opportunities. Uh, Kenny Stills is still the best guy to have at wide receiver for the Dolphins, and at some point 
We think Kenyon Drake will deliver a big game. He was awful against the Raiders, and it's still concerning that Frank Gore is so involved. But you just have a hunch one of these games, Drake is going to break a long touchdown run and make somebody's week. All right, if Fitzmagic can struggle a little against the Steelers, will he be clobbered against this Bears defense that's looking like uh, a sort of old monsters of the midway, I guess, uh, assuming, I guess, Fitzpatrick, I should say, is the starter. What do you think with this one? Oh, I don't think there's going to be any doubt he's the starter. I mean, they have a bye next week, and this is probably, if they are going to make the change to Winston, which given the way Fitzpatrick is playing, I wouldn't do that. But, uh, you know, in theory, they've got the bye coming up. That would be the week to assimilate him back into the offense and everything. I think this may be the lowest production outing for Fitzpatrick so far this year, but the way he throws the ball and, you know, he's just going to keep throwing and throwing and throwing and he'll get his numbers. And, you know, with all those weapons that he has, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, Deshaun Jackson, some of those guys are going to hit their numbers too. Uh, Let's not forget in week one that as good as the bears are Aaron Rodgers and company uh, lift them up in the second half. I mean, that was Randall Cobb's best day of the season. Uh, Devontae Adams, he's been very steady for the Packers. And, of course, Geronimo Allison had a a big play in that one, too. So a good passing offense is still going to have a shot at putting up numbers against the Bears. But given Fitzpatrick's tendency to turn the ball over, the Bears are also probably going to put up numbers. It, It may mirror in some ways what happened on Monday night against Pittsburgh. All right, I want to find out who you want to hire and fire on our fantasy teams. But a quick reminder that if you're enjoying Locked On Texans, tell your friends. Let them know they can find us on Spotify, the Google Podcast app, iTunes. Lots of ways out there to get your Locked On Texans fixed. Support us also by sharing our show links with your social media followers and take a few seconds, just a little bit, just a few seconds, and rate us on iTunes. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. it really shows us that uh, you love the show and it really helps us find new listeners, which is a um, way to bring, continue bringing this great content to you. Remember the email for us, LockedOnTexans at mail.com. So it's, that's, a, that's the way you're going to get in touch with us if you have a question or a comment, as well as Twitter or Facebook. Again, that's LockedOnTexans at mail.com. All right, every week, Andy, you tell us who to fire and who to fire in fantasy football. For those new to this segment, this means uh, Andy's going to give us who to add to your team, who to dump. Uh, Let's start off with the hires, Andy. Uh, Who should I pick up off the old fantasy waiver wire if they're out there? Well, two of the better bets, I think, this week are wide receivers. Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons and Tyler Boyd of the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, everybody's going to be racing to the waiver wire to pick up Ridley. He just had uh, 146 yards and three touchdowns in that shootout loss against New Orleans. Um, Might be hard to get Ridley, but uh, certainly you should add him. I mean, he's part of a offense that has suddenly turned the corner after a debacle in Philadelphia on opening night. He's got a good quarterback, and with Julio Jones on the same team, they can't pay attention to everybody. Uh, Tyler Boyd started slow, just three catches for 27 yards in week one, but since then he's got 12 receptions for 223 yards and two touchdowns. He's been outplaying John Ross, who was the first-round draft pick of the Bengals last year. Uh, A.J. Green has a groin injury at this point. It seems like he will play uh, this week, uh, ironically against the Falcons. Uh, But if Green is slowed, 
that's going to make Boyd even more important. I, I think at a minimum, he's going to have a pretty solid role in Cincinnati throughout the season. Uh, this is a week where we have some new quarterbacks taking over as starters. Uh, obviously, the most prominent one is Baker Mayfield. Um you know, I think that obviously there's a lot of hype with Mayfield. There was a lot of hype, as I mentioned in my article over Sam Darnold at the beginning of the season, and Darnold has struggled. Maybe Mayfield will struggle down the road, but I don't see it happening against the Raiders this week. You also have Josh Rosen, another rookie, taking over for the Cardinals, and you have C.J. Beathard taking over for the 49ers under kind of sad circumstances with Jimmy Garoppolo lost for the season. Um, at this point, uh, those guys are more two quarterback league candidates, but uh, they're all they're all worth watching even in one quarterback leagues because you never know when they might hit a right matchup and become streamers. All right, who should we dump this week? And to borrow the NPR phrase, a little thing, a little show on NPR, it's wait, wait, don't tell me, I got to dump a Dallas Cowboys quarterback. What, what? How about them Cowboys? Well, uh, Dak Prescott uh, has regressed, I think, since he was a rookie in 2016 and took the league by storm. He shoulders some of the blame for the regression, but that supporting cast is just awful outside of Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, that is a bad group of receivers. Uh, you know, they ought to they ought to bring Tez Bryant back at this point. I don't know if he'd even want to come back, but uh, that's. Uh, that's a bad situation there for a quarterback and quarterback is extremely deep this year. You can find somebody else on the wire that would give you more upside. Uh, Blake Bortles, uh, you know, he was obviously brought in, uh, you know, as a streamer uh, last year at times, and you could certainly look at him as a streamer again this year, but that roller coaster ride you're going to get with him where he occasionally looks great and then he looks terrible. I don't know. I'd rather look in another direction for streamers on a more regular basis. Pierre Garcon has not gotten off to a very good start in San Francisco. Just seven catches and 89 yards through three games. He's been a quality veteran for a long time, but with Garoppolo out for the season, just don't see a lot happening for Garcon. Uh, have to also wonder about the long-term prospects of Detroit running back Theo Riddick. Uh, they have three quality wide receivers with Kenny Galladay emerging to join Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. And worse for Riddick, Carrion Johnson uh, looks like he's going to be a keeper and maybe the best uh, running back the Lions have had in a while. That's going to eat into Riddick's work because he's certainly more of a receiving option than veteran LeGarrette Blunt is. Great stuff. As always, Andy's stuff is, again, on the website, LockedOnTexans.com. Always a pleasure, Andy. Thanks for doing this. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. Sounds great. Let's wrap it all up again. It's LockedOnTexans.com. We'll put the podcast with the article as well. So that's the place to go. Look for Brian, my normal co-host. Uh, his work is all on HouseOfHouston.com, a fan site affiliate. If you want to hear my takes on the Rockets and the Astros as well as I'll throw in a little Texans over there too. Go to my Houston Sports Talk podcast, me and my co-host, RG Seal, break it all down over there. Some fun guests. Go Astros. They take care of the division. We're going to – we preview. We already did it. We previewed a little bit what the Astros are going to need to do here in the next week as far as looking at the playoff roster. So you're going to want to check that out. That's all we got for this Locked On Texans. Barring something weird in an emergency, uh, nothing until 
It's game time on Sunday. But remember, we put this thing up. We'll put a podcast up within a couple hours after the game. So we're going to give you our early quick takes on what happened in the Texans-Colt games. You don't, don't want to miss that one. As always, though, thanks for making us a part of your week. And uh, have a great weekend, everybody. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Oh, my God.